ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM, featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. Good evening and welcome to Sports Info UM. What's going on, Sam? My name is Daryl Oliver. We got Roland V in the studio with us, our engineer, and Sam Soar. Played with Doggo Peyton Manning and Tom, and Brady. Tom Brady. The only man I know played with two Super Bowl champions, man. Come on. What's going on, Sam? How you doing, Daryl? Just doing like great, to welcome, man. welcome all our wonderful listeners to uh, Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network and also on WELE. 1380 in Norman Beach. Uh, just a lot of exciting sports stories out there. First off, first of all, I'd like to congratulate the San Francisco Giants on becoming the World Series champions, uh, defeating the Detroit Tigers 4-0. Uh, big surprise, you know. I uh, just really want to know you guys' thoughts on that. The Tigers played so well against the Yankees, and uh, to come out and get swept, I, I didn't think any sports fan or baseball fan coming into the World Series thought that uh, the Tigers would be swept with the way they pitched and uh, hit against the New York Yankees. Games 2, Games 3, shutouts 2-0, 2-0, the first time since 1966 in the bigs that there had been back-to-back shutouts. It last happened whenever the Baltimore Oils had beaten the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers. And uh, before that, in the National League, the last time it happened was in 1919. Who were the teams? Cincinnati Red Legs and the White Sox, which became, of course... The Black Sox. <laughs> so that was something yeah. else. Now, this whole series, you have to give Detroit pitching kudos. Uh, 162 batting average for Detroit, the lowest batting average in, in, in any four games in the World Series. Well, you know this guy, uh, Kung Fu Panda, Mario <laughs> yeah. Sandoval, who's, yeah. you know, I've, all, I've watched this guy play for some years now, and he's always been almost like a strikeout artist. You know, you can throw him anything up there. He'll swing at it. He'll swing at it. He'll swing at it. But, uh, man, he's really ca- calmed down on the on the free swinging and uh, really made his swings count, and he deserved that MVP. Three home runs in one game, four for four in the, in the um, I think that was the second game of the series. Hey, awesome job. Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth Reggie Jackson, yeah. Albert Pujols, yeah. and the Kung Fu Panda. You got That's it. That's him. When you can bat 500 and uh, wow, yeah, but you know, it, it'd be like watching Sam Sword play third. All right, and we're talking about we're talking about a big, a big guy, a big yeah. dude. Okay, I couldn't he, play third, but I, I could pinch it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the you first baseman like always got out of the way. <laughs> no, but uh, he's a big guy, and he, he, guy. he made some very athletic plays at third base. Yeah, he he's an athletic player, though. Really, he, he's he doesn't look like that. 245 pound third baseman. You know, he looks like it, but he doesn't play like it. You know, it's an awesome guy. I, I have a question. Yes, sir. Big question. We only played four games in the World Series. Can wow. you imagine the revenue lost in games five, six, and seven, both at the stadium? I mean, a lot of people make their money off that. That work at the stadium, uh, yeah. the television rights, the commercials. Yeah. Ooh, you know, I heard man. the parking for the for the parking at the stadium was like a hundred dollars. 
It was oh, just okay. to park at the stadium. What if you had yeah. tickets for five, six, or seven that you paid big bucks for? You get your money back. Yes, Do you, you or not? Yes, you get, you get a your money back. Oh, okay. They're refunded. I feel better. Yeah. Also, be, also before we uh, we move on, you know, I, I would just like to send my condolences to the Emanuel Stewart family. Uh, we lost truly one of the great boxing legends, uh, a great trainer. He uh, trained 41 world champion fighters throughout his career, uh, was responsible for Thomas the Hitman's Hearns. Uh, career, uh, Lennox Lewis, uh, the Klitschko brothers, just an outstanding trainer and a boxing analyst, uh, you know, you're truly going to be missed, Emmanuel. Yes, for sure, man. We lost a legend, without a doubt. Hey, well, let's get right into this BCS, man. You know, um, we're running out of time. We only have an hour here, and the time flies when you're having fun. Right. You know, University of Alabama continues to be the number one team in the nation. However, they play the LSU Tigers. And the LSU Tigers got to come into this game saying, wow, if we had only just taken care of our business out in Gainesville, this could be a really, really, really big game. But guess what? If we beat Alabama, it is a big, 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 big game for them. So, man, I know LSU's going to come in. Les is going to have his team riled up and Tiger ready. And I know they're going to play some heck of a football this weekend. And, and the game is in, uh, in uh, Louisiana. It's in, it's in Death Valley. And, uh, you know, Les yeah. Miles said, Dreams die in Death Valley. <laughs> and you know Alabama have their sights on a repeat national championship. Uh, I, th- I think it's going to be a very tough game. LSU has a tremendous defense, a great ball coach in Les Miles. The, the, the question I have for LSU is can you get consistent quarterback play? If you're going to beat Alabama, you're not going to be one-dimensional. Nick Saban's a great defensive coach. He's not going to let a one-dimensional team beat him. LSU has been running the ball well lately. They've um, put in a freshman running back who's done an outstanding job. But the quarterback, he's going to have to make some plays if they're going to have a chance to beat this Alabama team because Alabama is no secret. They're coming downhill. They're coming downhill. They're coming downhill, and then they're going to play action. You, They, they have a, a veteran quarterback who hasn't thrown an interception this season, uh, a tailback by committee uh, with T.J. Yeldon and uh, Lane, and uh, whoever they throw back there, they're productive. The offensive line don't like when uh, Coach Saban called pass plays because they feel they can move any defensive line off the ball. They're going to have a tremendous challenge this week against LSU. I look for Alabama to continue the roll tide. Alabama, minimum of 11. And but Speaking about roll tide, have you guys heard about the hurricane? Sandy? No, no, no. Hurricane Georgia that came uh, rolling into <laughs> Jacksonville. <laughs> uh, hey, you know, University of Alabama, though, if they can get past LSU this week, they only have Texas A&M, uh, West Carolina, and mm. the, the Lapley... Auburn Tigers coming up. So, man, this this is the game of the year for the Alabama Crimson Tigers. The Auburn Tigers, who's a coach, is on the um, – he's on fire. He's, he's, on he's fire. not on a hot seat. No, he's, he's, he's on, on fire. fire. Uh, but you, you know, if LSU win, they control – they're in control yes. of the division because they were on the head-to-head against Alabama. And, uh, you know, just looking at the BCS, uh, I, I feel the top six teams are in the best shape to make it to the BCS championship game. If LSU can beat Alabama, they're going to put themselves in prime position of going to the SEC championship game. they got to hope that Georgia continues to win. And they, if they beat a one-loss Georgia team, they should be in pretty 
pretty good position, depending on what else happened, to make it to the national championship game. Yeah. Hey, well, the number two team, man, this week is Kansas <laughs> State. And, um, you know, Kansas State has done exactly what they're supposed to do all year long, and that is win. And they, they're in prime position to, to run the table as well. You know, you're looking at their schedule for the rest of the season, uh, Oklahoma State, TCU, Baylor, and Texas. You know, Texas is going to give them a round. Um, however, Oklahoma State, TCU, they're good competition, but if, if 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 Kansas State plays like they've been playing this season, I don't see I don't see anything stopping them from running the table. Coach Snyder has done a great job. You know, uh, you, you're talking about one of the great coaching jobs in college football. You have to just tip your hat to Coach Snyder. He's definitely in every conversation for uh, the coach of the year this year. The the, the game that uh that I'm looking at, you got Oklahoma State, you got Baylor, you got Texas, but in two weeks at TCU, you know, TCU is a program that has had a lot of success. Their fans are going to be fired up. You have an undefeated Kansas State team coming in. Uh, I, I look for that to possibly be a trap game. If they can get past TCU, Texas has a lot of talent. They have them at home. If To me, if Kansas State gets past uh, TCU, to me, they have the easiest route to going to the BCS championship game. And this year, the Big 12 do not have a conference championship game. So if they win all their games, they oh, don't have to, right. they don't have to worry yeah. about being upset in a conference championship game. So that's a huge advantage to Kansas State. Well, a lot of us thought last week's game against Texas Tech was that sleeper game that they could have bypassed and overlooked, but, but they didn't. Coach Snyder has really has his team playing at a high level. And, uh, I expect to see them, man. Playing for the championship, possibly even being at, in the BCS championship against against Alabama. Yep. Hey, but man, this week number three team is Notre Dame, and Notre Dame went into Norman, Oklahoma, and did exactly what they were supposed to do. Uh, wow, they moved the ball, they hit hard, they made turnovers, they really look. They made this Oklahoma team look like they were not on the same level as them. And I thought Oklahoma would come out with a lot more passion. I thought this game would be a lot more more in favor of Oklahoma, simply because it was in Norman, Oklahoma, and that is one heck of a place to play it. If you've never been there, trust me, that really? that stadium rumbles, man, and it's oh. in the middle of nowhere. Yes, it is. Can you guys, as players, when you played college football? Were the fans more raucous in college as opposed to the pros? Uh, uh, to me, they're with, without a doubt. Uh, uh, I'll say the two closest NFL stadiums, in my opinion, uh, from, from my playing experience that approached the college atmosphere was the Kansas City Chiefs and the Green Bay Packers. Oh. Great, great okay. playing environment. Could, you, could you literally feel the field, though, when you were playing ball? You mentioned Oklahoma. I know Michigan had to be that way, but could you... What was it like to be encapsulated in a bowl down there on the field and you could actually, could you feel the fans? You know, I, I think you know, a lot of times when I think about my playing career, I, I, can hardly, I can hardly think of when I actually thought about the roar of the crowd. It was almost like it was not, not that loud. You know, and I played in one of the largest crowds in the history of college football. We played University of Michigan, and I think it was 1983, 1984, in front of what was considered at that time one of the largest crowds in history was 105,000. I'm going to tell you, man, that was a loud crowd. That was probably, uh, you know, coming from a high school, and this was my second year in co- my third year in college. It was like something I had never seen to see a crowd that big. So... I guess you could say it does affect you a little bit, but and a lot of times I think I think college stadiums, especially on-campus stadiums, yes. they're much closer to the players 
than than say professional stadiums. Professional stadiums are much farther back. You may have fifty yards, forty yards between the field and the the stadium. Where in college in Notre Dame, man, you right you you run out of bounds and somebody could spit on you. I mean, it's really yeah. that close. Wow. It, 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 there's there's nothing like uh, being in a hostile environment. Uh, as much as I love playing in Ann Arbor, and uh, every week it's announced you're playing in front of the largest crowd yeah. of any sporting event in America. You know that that that's a great feeling. But to me, it was uh, going to the Ohio States of the world, going to the Wisconsin's of the world, going to to Happy Valley and taking over a stadium with you and your teammates, maybe a 200 people at the most you come in everybody's against you and you just taking over and there's nothing like when you see a hundred thousand people quiet and you can hear a pin drop in there but uh just, just a great atmosphere great feeling uh i always enjoyed it on the road more and, and each of you when you made your personal plays to hear the cheers especially if you were home had to be just uh, I don't know. There, there's no it, feeling. It's, 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 it's a surreal feeling. There, there, is, there is no feeling like that. It just yeah. doesn't get yeah. any better. Let's get back to the BCS. Hey, the Notre Dame, man. Notre Dame has has a pretty – they don't really have a tough road. When you got Wake Forest, Boston College, and Pitt, uh, that's not a whole lot of work to, 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 to run the table. When you look at the end, though, they play USC – in Southern Cal. Now that is going to be a game that 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 could be the table turner for them. Last game of the season. If they're not on the top of their game, Lane Kiffin and his group could 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 uh, could be a spoiler for them. If I'm Notre Dame, if I'm Coach Kelly, I know he's a great offensive mind. I play close to the vest, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a conservative approach. I'm gonna I'm gonna run the football. I'm gonna play action. That's gonna beat Pitt. That's going to be Boston College, and that's going to be Wake Forest. And uh, just protect the football because Notre Dame has a tremendous defense. Manti Teo, uh, Coach Diaco, the defensive coordinator, those guys are playing great college football, and you win championships with defense. Offense win games, defense win championships, and Notre Dame has a championship defense. If they can just protect the football and uh, continue to run the ball like they have, they're going to be successful. The USC game is going to cause some problems. USC has a lot of pros on that team, have a big-time quarterback, two big-time receivers. One of those receivers went over 300 yards this weekend. Just an amazing performance. Uh, but uh I see Notre Dame going undefeated and uh, possibly even jumping a Kansas State team. Uh, you know, when, when it comes to, um, to championship games, BCS championship games, if you have an undefeated Alabama team, an undefeated Kansas State team, and an undefeated Notre Dame team, um, I, I, I just feel that politics are going to get involved. I, I think the matchup that America would want to see is the Notre Dame-Alabama Absolutely. matchup. Absolutely. Let's talk about the culture of football for a moment. Everybody knows Notre Dame. I mean, that is Everybody. looked at as being America's football team, etc. And America is so excited that Notre Dame is back. Is back. Right. That it would be good for the sport. I said the, the television ratings are starting to go up for Notre Dame. Would it be fair though? <clears throat> well, this is that's my next question to you. Those three games you're looking at, are they strong enough in the BCS ratings to to have them skip over Kansas State? Well, well they already skipped over Oregon. Yeah. 
You know, and I, so and, and, and I kind of believe you, Sam, that politics will play a role in this, and the Catholics will prevail. You know, um, they'll probably jump Kansas, even if Kansas, Kansas is undefeated. State. Kansas State, even if they are undefeated, and Kansas State will probably be playing a tougher schedule, remaining schedule when they play Oklahoma State and Texas. Where you look at Oregon, uh, when you're looking at Notre Dame, man, they they play a pretty weak. Pretty weak schedule remaining. But if you look at common opponents, they both played Miami. They both beat Miami. They both played uh, Oklahoma. They both beat Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, they, two great performances, uh, both teams. But when you look at the body of work, uh, I, I think when it's all said and done, Notre Dame's body of work is going to stand out above uh, – Kansas State's uh, Notre Dame beat Michigan State, a ranked Michigan State team early in the year. They beat a ranked Michigan team early in the year. They beat a ranked Stanford team. And uh, they're not going to get any help until they go to USC and uh, play USC at the end of the year. And then when you go to Kansas State uh, schedule, uh, Texas is ranked. They're going to be ranked. Uh, but but this is not the same Texas team that we're accustomed to seeing. This is a Texas team that got rolled by Oklahoma. And uh, Kansas State rolled Oklahoma. So uh, they're going to be favored to win that game. That game is, is, is at Kansas State. So uh, – it's going to be tough, and if you look at the BCS points, they're, they're real close. Right, right I, was now. Just, I was just trying they to look are, those up myself. Uh, Notre Dame is at um, 94.9400, and uh, Kansas, uh, no, Kansas State is at 9400, but and Notre Dame is at .9147. So it, it's close, and and what it's going to depend on is Kansas State. They need Oklahoma to win out. They need Miami to win. They need the teams that they beat, oh, yeah. the common opponents, that continue to win. Good point. And Notre Dame needs the same thing. But I just think at the end of the day, the fans, the coaches, they're going to vote Notre Dame higher in the, B, in, the, in the AP poll, the coaches poll, and they're going to somehow mysteriously jump Kansas State. Is it necessary for them to run up the score in these games? I think style points matter. Okay. Style points definitely matter. Uh, that's why you see Oregon. Oregon, uh... Oregon, uh, the, the, their, their opponents that they played, I mean, they played cupcakes, but Oregon has done what they're supposed to do. When you line up against inferior talent, you're supposed to put up points, and Oregon has done it. Does it make a difference if that. Alabama have LSU have a low-point game? Does that pull them closer? It doesn't affect them. I, I don't think any – as long as Alabama continue to win, I don't think anybody's going to approach uh, Alabama. There, yeah, but I mean, what, no doubt. does that affect the three and the four moving at all? Uh, I, I don't think so. It, it just depends so. on who they're playing and, and, yeah. and how they're winning. Yeah, I don't think anything is going to affect Alabama except a loss. And it doesn't matter how close the game is against LSU, neither one of those teams is going to move ahead of Alabama. I just can't see that happening. Well, the only team that could probably bring them is Jesus Christ and the disciples. I don't know. <laughs> right now well, they're just hey, playing, they're it, playing it, superior ball. They play in Death Valley this week. They go to LSU. Uh, yeah, stranger things have happened. This would be their biggest challenge. But uh, and to me, LSU is the only chance of winning that game. They have to get some plays. They have and, to make some plays in the passing game and uh, special teams and uh, turn over the ball. Uh, and the last team to beat Alabama? LSU. LSU. Ah. Hey, could happen. In Tuscaloosa. And, 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 but, however, in the championship game, they, they stood no chance. And, and, and just just real quick, you know, you we talked about uh, environments. Yeah. I, I've never been to Death Valley, but from watching it on TV, when your TV screen is rocking, you, you know it's loud. You know that that's a great environment to play in. All right. Guess what? Uh, it is time for our first uh, commercial break. Again, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network and on WELE 1380 Ormond Beach. 
Back right after this. Stay tuned. Has your insurance been canceled or non-renewed? Have your premiums increased dramatically? Are you looking for a new agent? Why don't you call Accord Insurance located in Palm Coast, Florida today? Accord Insurance offers home, flood, auto, business, life, and health insurance at affordable rates from A-rated carriers. Talk to an Accord Insurance agent today, 386-447-8950 or www.accordinsurancepalmcoast.com. Accord Insurance, Volusia and Flagler County's premier insurance agency, providing you with quality insurance you can afford. Livingston Warrington and Sword, PA, a full-service law firm located at 20 Airport Road, Suite A, Palm Coast, Florida, serving Volusia, St. John's, Flagler, and Putnam Counties, practicing in the areas of bankruptcy, divorce, and child support, injunctions, criminal defense, foreclosure defense, real estate, probate, and general business litigation. Need help? Call Livingston Warrington and Sword, PA, at 386-437-5833. The number again is 386-437-5833. For an appointment and mention this ad and your consultation is on the house. Livingston, Wilmington, and Sword, PA, Attorneys at Law, the obvious choice. This is Roland Villa. Are you trying to decide what to do for lunch or dinner? Well, look no further than D.B. Pickles Deli and Bakery Restaurant. Our true delicatessen restaurant was designed with a mission of offering a diverse menu full of home-style comfort foods with large portions. All this is done at great prices in a family atmosphere. Owner Pete Pozella has over 30 years in the restaurant and baking industry, and the D.B. Pickles Deli and Bakery has a full-service bar, a deli counter, bakery, and delicious pickle bar. D.B. Pickles also offers unparalleled catering as well as a 50-person banquet room. Daily specials every day. You can go to www.dbpickles.net for daily specials and a full menu. Open Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Sunday, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Located at 400 South Nova Road in Norman Beach. For more information, call 672-1031. Satisfy your craving at DB Pickles. I'll see you there. The political playoffs are on. Hear about it and talk about it right here. I'm continually disgusted the way this president. My concern is that, that none of the can- election talk happens here. I'm so sick of the Democrat-Republican game. It's the stuff people are talking about every day. Why can't people just debate the issues anymore? The kind of talk radio that people go crazy for. I'm going to lose my mind. Been warned. The Via Report. This is the only show that I can tolerate at all. The voices of America are heard here. It's been a real awakening. Listen to The Via Report. Monday through Friday, 3 to 4 p.m. And Saturdays, 7 to 10 a.m. Get the latest news, information, and facts with your host, Roland Via. Guests and topics that get to the point. The Via Report. Right here on Goliath Radio, 1380 a.m., Ormond Beach. Tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 386-523-1380. That's 386-523-1380. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back to Sports Info UM. Sam, let's complete this um, BCS, top five BCS. Let's go right in this Oregon, University of Oregon, man. They have they have USC, um, Cal, Stanford, and Oregon State. Now, USC, Cal, Stanford, and Oregon State, that's not that's not a cakewalk schedule to um, to complete the season. And this is the hey, this is a strong team. They've been jumped by some teams in the BCS. And if they can run their schedule, I could see where they could be the number two team. And I think a lot of people in the country would like to see Oregon and Alabama face against each other. you got the West Coast, East Coast thing working there. So that's a possibility. Uh, You're talking about one of the most scrutinized teams in America right now. You know, last week they were jumped. This week they are jumped again. So now they're sitting at four in the BCS polls. But, uh... If you're Oregon, this is the meat and potatoes of your schedule. You know, they're, they're, I'm sure they're a little disappointed that USC uh, has dropped two games. USC dropped a heartbreaker to uh, Arizona this past weekend, so it kind of take away some of the the luster of that game this week. But uh, I'll tell you what Oregon's looking to do. Oregon's looking to send a message. USC's ranked right now. Oregon needs to roll USC, and then they need USC to continue to win and hope they're going to root for USC after they beat them this weekend and hope the USC can knock off Notre Dame. And and from there, after you, after Oregon play USC, they got Cal. Cal's a game that they should win big. Then they have Stanford and Oregon State, two ranked opponents. So right now, if you're Oregon, you're saying this is it. We have to win our next four games. Three out of the next four opponents are ranked. If we win and win big, we're going to play another quality opponent in the Pac-12 championship game. I think that would be enough if Notre Dame stumbles for Oregon to jump Kansas State and possibly Notre Dame if they both stay undefeated. And, and like you mentioned, Daryl, a lot of people would like to see the speed of Oregon versus the power of Alabama. <laughs> hey, and the LSU Tigers, man, round our top five off. And they play Alabama this week, um, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and Arkansas. You know, the Ole Miss and Arkansas games are not it's not so much. And Mississippi State don't seem to be one of the powerhouses of the SEC. However, this is the biggest game of their season this Saturday coming up against the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide. And I can only imagine how Les Miles is going to have his team ready to go for this game. And, um, and, the game, and this game is in LSU. What a big game. I can only uh, – I'm excited just thinking about it. If they can beat Alabama, they got two out of their last three games at home. But, uh, you know, we talked about it earlier. They're going to have to make some plays in the passing game. They're going to have to create turnovers, hopefully make a play in the special teams. Uh, I look for this to be a defensive battle. Uh, LSU has a great defense, a lot of players that are going to play at the next level. Uh, it's not going to be an easy task. and uh, You're going to see some of the most athletic and physical defensive players in all of college football when you see this matchup. And uh, I'm looking forward to it being a great game, you know. Uh, it, it's going to be a challenge, and uh, if anybody can beat Alabama, it's LSU. But uh, I, like I said earlier, I just like Alabama to continue to roll. Uh, uh, another team in the BCS that I want to take a quick look at is Georgia, the, the Georgia Bulldogs that uh, beat the Florida Gators. Uh, you know, a lot of people, a lot of times Coach Mark Rick, uh, unfairly in my opinion, is criticized, and um, I don't think the Bulldog fans realize the type of coach they have. They have a great coach, a great human being and uh, Mark Rick and uh, he has his guys playing really well they beat Florida created six turnovers Uh, whenever you can create six turnovers you're going to have great chances of winning any game Um, you know now they control their own destiny in the SEC East Division Uh, 
they got Ole Miss and Auburn coming up, two games that they should easily win, and then they'll be playing in the SEC championship game. If a couple teams were to possibly stumble and they were to somehow win the SEC championship game, you're looking at Georgia as a team with an outside chance of sneaking into the BCS championship game because, you know, right now, all of this stuff is fine and well, but these games have to play out. And we're exactly. looking at teams like Notre Dame and Oregon and even Alabama this week. If you turn the ball over five, six times, anything can happen, man. The pressure, as the pressure mounts, it, it's uh, it, it's tough. They say pressure busts pipes. And we have to see how these young men stand up in the face of pressure, in the face of adversity. Because I guarantee you, Alabama's going to be in a couple of adverse situations this weekend. And I can't wait to see how they respond. But, uh... That's the great thing about this this sport. It has to play out. And a lot of times the way we think it's going to play out, it don't play out that way. And, and Georgia play, plays Georgia Southern and Georgia Tech are the other two teams that they have to play to close out their season. But I, um, this game on Saturday, Alabama-LSU, we're probably going to be looking at maybe 20 guys that's probably going to be get drafted or signed free agent contracts on the field on Saturday. Now, I think that's just that's a remarkable thing. I know it's going to be at least three three or four guys from LSU's defensive front and at least three or four guys from Alabama's defensive front. Alabama probably has one of the best secondaries in the nation. Um, wow. It's, it's going to be an exciting game. And if this don't get you excited, just think about it. You'll be seeing these guys on Sunday in the next couple of years. Uh, before we move on, uh, uh, just one last thing I want to touch on. Uh, Marcus Lattimore, South Carolina, uh, a young man that blew his knee out last season. He worked really hard, was having a good season this year, took just a, a gruesome hit to the knee. Uh, it was a dislocated kneecap. He has vowed that he will return to the South Carolina and run the ball for them again. Uh, you know, he is a young Young man that still has a, a red shirt available. To me, uh, if I, Marcus, I would I would get healthy, sit the rest of this season out, take the red shirt next year, rehab, and you still have another year to come back and prove your worth. Uh, just a tremendous talent, and uh, you know it could have been worse. It was just I well, can't even yeah, watch I, the hit I, again. No, I, I, I had to I turn my head it. away too. What about uh, his pro prospects? Sam says he should take a red shirt and come back and play for South Carolina another uh-huh. year. I disagree. Uh, when you look at the number of carries this young man has had at the University of South Carolina since he was 18 years old, coming into college as a freshman, Steve Spurrier ran him like he was Earl Campbell his freshman year. His second year, he ran him like he was Herschel Walker. And this year, he tried to run him like he was Bo Jackson. This guy is just, you know, how many carries can one young man take? Even this year, coming off, the, coming off of a serious knee injury, Steve Spurrier still ran him like he was Earl Campbell. Hey, I just can't. I don't, I don't see it. I don't. I don't think it was fair. And I really think this young man might need to reconsider, gather himself, get his health together, and enter the NFL draft. He may not be a first-round pick, second, third, might not even be a fourth-round pick, but he will be getting paid next year for being a part of a football team, not just coming out there working his tail off and getting paid nothing to come back and possibly injure himself again because as soon as he gets healthy again, Steve Spurrier is going to run him, run him, run him, man. Did Don't care if it's downhill, uphill, to the right, you're, left. You're, you're talking about a young man who faces a, a year possibly uh – of rehab, he should have so, been rehabbing now. So, so I, I don't. He shouldn't think, have been I, on the I, field I, this year. I, I don't really think that a lot of teams are gonna um, the 
They're going to touch him right now. It only take Com- one, coming off, coming off of ACL, coming off of a, a severe uh, kneecap, a dislocated kneecap. And uh, the, the one thing I will say that's helping his case is Adrian Peterson leading the NFL in rushing. And look what he uh, did coming Jamal, back this Jamal year. Jamal Charles uh, in the top ten in the NFL in rushing. So definitely now with the doctors out there, the young man, can he can rehab and uh, I don't know if he'll ever be the Marcus Lattimore we envision him. Uh, some people had him being as one of the, the next great backs over the next 10 years. I don't know if he'll become that guy, but I definitely can see him still having a pro career. And uh, just take your time. Hey, a year and a half off might do him some good, and uh, he can come back and show that he's healthy. Two questions. Number one, was it a good hit, even though it was bad for Lattimore? And number two, tell me he didn't wreck the same knee. It's the same me, and um, it was it was a legal hit. All right. Yeah, he just got he got caught. Young man, and I turned my head. People, it was two people simultaneously. But it looked like he got got his leg. He, someone hit him on his knee, and yeah. someone was hitting him high. Right. And it kind of buckled, and um, that's about the last I saw. But I I have a hard time reliving and looking at injuries over and over again. Does does that actually separate the top part of the leg from the bottom part of the leg, and it's loose? He dislocated his kneecap. So that round thing in front of your knee, yeah. it was probably on the side. That's what they say. Like guys who, who saw it, they said it was on the side. Yeah. But the uh, doctor, the, the team doctor popped it back in at the hospital. And uh, they're, they're saying that uh, he has ligament damage, no fracture, uh, he no broken bones. ACL? Uh, they, they didn't say. They That's what he tore last year. All right. And now think now. You think about someone like Edwin James who suffered ACL injury, yeah. all right? Now, Adrian Peterson is a different beast. But Edwin James suffered a knee injury. He sat out a year. He came back that following year he and played some pretty good football, but he wasn't the same. Mm-hmm. The year after that, he was almost that same running back we saw before, before the injury. Lattimore got hurt last year. I think it was the fourth game of the season, fifth game of the season. He's back starting at the beginning of this season. Amazing. Playing well. Playing and, well. and he was playing well. Should he have been on the field? One more thing. I'd probably say no. I probably know. One more thing about the Lattimore hit and that college game. Class act by both teams. Both teams. Coming out into the center both of the teams. field, surrounding him, everybody praying for him. Class, class reaction. Yeah. Yes, and the fan reaction has been great. Reaction, I, I would agree. Yeah. Today, today yeah. is his birthday, so happy wow. 21st birthday. Happy 21st birthday. birthday. Wow, what a, what a way to celebrate 21st birthday. Hey, man, you know, now that we've, we've talked about uh, BCS, let's talk about some of these coaches in college football that are on their way out, are on the hot seat, whichever one you want to call. Uh, Derek Dooley, Tennessee's coach? Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee, he should have uh, never got the job. I, I don't know if he should have never got the job, but I, I, I do tell you one thing. Uh, he hasn't lived up to the expectations at Tennessee. Uh, I'm sure Tennessee, uh, they're going to throw a lot of money at a at a certain guy that's in a Monday night football booth, and uh, hopefully they'll be able to, uh, to get him. Uh, but it's going to take a lot of money to make Dooley and his staff go away. It's going to take something to the tone of maybe $9 million well, plus dollars. <laughs> yeah, uh, Roland got me shaking and grooving over here. Hey, but uh, but, but this Dooley man, it's gonna take five million to get him out the door, and another three point five million to get his staff out the door. Close to nine million dollars. Close to nine million dollars to get this guy out the door. Somebody's gonna have to cut the check if they want to see him go away. I think they want to see him go away just that bad. I I really do. Now the next person on the hot seat, turn it up a little bit, Rose. It's Gene Chizik. Gene Chizik. He's on the hot 
baby. Yeah. It might be on its way out. And trust me, the Auburn Tigers owe this guy $7.5 million for him to walk out the door, and that's not including his staff. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, the, the fans in Auburn and uh, the alumni in Auburn, they're not going to settle for um, – being second fiddle to Alabama, and I, and I tell you, two years ago they won a national championship right after Alabama won it. So, uh, and then Alabama came back and won it. So the state of Alabama has three consecutive national championships. Yeah, yeah. but uh, they're not going to play second fiddle, and uh, someone will cut the check if they can get the right guy in there at Auburn. I wouldn't be surprised if they go down to Arkansas State and try to pluck Malzahn back and get him to come back to Auburn. Well, I I don't know Auburn who it's going to be at Auburn, but. Um, Gene Chizik spent a lot of money, man. And and this guy here is right in our state of Florida, Skip Holtz, man. Skip Holtz has done some good jobs. And and um and East Carolina was probably one of his best jobs. However, he has not gotten it done at UCF. University of South Florida is very disappointed in what he's done. They came there. This year he had a senior quarterback. Kid had started almost three years. He started three years. Uh, he just has not gotten it done. And I'm telling you, he's on the hot seat. He's feeling a little heat. Now, is he on fire? Is he warm? He's warm. Feeling is a little he heat. cool? Man, and, you know, a lot of people with the, uh, the Skip Holt time, <laughs> they looked at it more of a, was it his father's influence, like the impact his and, dad and Lou lives here in Florida. had on, uh, on the hiring. I know a lot of people. And, uh. You know, hey, he's a good coach. Sometimes, you know, it, it just don't work out. Uh, you're in the state of Florida. You're going to get some good big-time recruits. And, uh, you know, hopefully he can get things turned around so he can keep his job. Hey, well, Mac Brown, I don't really think he has too much to worry about. But the people in Texas are not thrilled at what he's doing. And Mac Brown could be on the hot seat, man. i tell you this, John L. Smith, <laughs> Arkansas, he's out the gate. John L. is burning up, man. How that, how that, Alicia Keys, so, to, to me, I'm on fire. To, to, to me, he was on fire whether he won or not. It's, it's, yeah, he's uh, on fire. it's a job that uh, the circumstances he, that he got the job, it's one of those situations where unless he went undefeated and won the national championship, that's yeah. probably, that was going to be the only way he could uh, save his job. And, uh, you know, uh, I look at a guy maybe like uh, Charlie Strong moving to Arkansas. I can see Charlie Strong and that'll taking open a lot up, of those And jobs. that'll open up Louisville. And maybe even that USF job. I, or maybe even a Tennessee job. I if can see I'm Charlie, Charlie Strong, Strong though, I'm right job. here on the record. If I'm Charlie Strong, stay I, at I stay at Louisville, I stay at Louisville because you can become the next great coach at Louisville and you don't have to worry about all of the expectations. I agree. You can create the expectations. Can I throw one more name in there for you guys? And I, I, know, you're not you gonna, I know you're not going to believe this, but Lane Kiffin at USC – He's on the hot seat. He has a little bit of heat up under him. And I'm going to tell you right now, if he loses Notre Dame and he loses Oregon, it's going to be a little bit more than a little heat. He's going to be pretty warm. I don't buy that one. But I'll say this. If Lane Kiffin is on the hot seat, Al Golden at Miami's on the hot seat. Al Golden at Miami has feeling a little heat. And I'm telling you right now. You can mark my word for it. Al Golden is feeling a little heat. You know, a lot of people complain about Al Golden not playing Randy Shannon, guys, man. That's that's a big news in Miami now. If he don't beat USF, he might be on fire. Well, we play. Let's let's take it one game at a time. Hey, guys, we play Virginia hey Tech guys first. You're, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network and also on WELE 1380. We'll be right back after the break. Formula One or even Lama related. 
Pit Pass USA is Patrick Chuck. Larry Henry here, host of Pit Pass USA. I put my 30 plus years of being a motorsports broadcaster to work to bring you not only the best guests, but also the most interesting guests in racing. Pit Pass USA with Larry Henry. Your front row seat to the world of racing. Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Be there or get a DNF. Livingston, Wolverton and Sword, PA, a full-service law firm located at 20 Airport Road, Suite A, Palm Coast, Florida, serving Volusia, St. John's, Flagler, and Putnam counties, practicing in the areas of bankruptcy, divorce, and child support, injunctions, criminal defense, foreclosure defense, real estate, probate, and general business litigation. Need help? Call Livingston, Wolverton and Sword, PA, at 386-437-5833. The number again is 386-437-5833. For an appointment and mention this ad and your consultation is on the house. Livingston, Wolverton and Sword, PA, Attorneys at Law, the obvious choice. Sports fans, get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice of America Sports Network. Has your insurance been canceled or non-renewed? Have your premiums increased dramatically? Are you looking for a new agent? Why don't you call Accord Insurance located in Palm Coast, Florida today? Accord Insurance offers home, flood, auto, business, life, and health insurance at affordable rates from A-rated carriers. Talk to an Accord Insurance agent today. 386-447-8950 or www.accordinsurancepalmcoast.com. Accord Insurance, Volusia and Flagler County's premier insurance agency, providing you with quality insurance you can afford. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 386-523-1380. That's 386-523-1380. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, Sam, let's, let's talk a little bit about this, man. This is the eighth week of the season. The season's halfway over. Now let's talk about who's going to make the playoffs. If the, if the season ended right now, who would make the playoffs and who would not make the playoffs? In the AFC, the Texans and the Ravens right now would have a bye. And I don't know if the Ravens are going to be able to hold on to that, but right now, if the season was, if the playoffs started tomorrow, the Texans and the Ravens would have the bye. Yeah, uh, you know, looking at that, the team, uh, the, the Ravens, to me, they're not going to be able to hold on. Uh, they've been hit with a lot of injuries. That's a team that uh, I'm, I'm selling all stock in the Ravens as fast as I can get rid of it. Uh, you know, looking at the, the other four teams, that would be the wild card. Uh, uh, just a major surprise to coach. You know, when you lose a Peyton Manning, uh, you, you lose a Jeff Saturday, some guys that have been there, mainstays, in, on your team over the years and uh, for them to be sitting at four and three with the big game against Miami this week they would be the number six seed uh, another team is the Dolphins you know uh, everything kind of blew up on the Dolphins they're sitting at four and three and the Dolphins to me is the team that let two games slip away could easily be uh, 
six and one, and uh, you got the the Patriots and the and the Broncos that will round off round off the uh, the AFC picture. And but teams that are just on the outside, the Steelers at four and three is the team to me that's on the rise. The Chargers, Raiders, and Bills they're all sitting at three and four and will be the number eight, nine, and ten seed, which is out of the playoffs. Uh, I, I I wouldn't purchase any of their stock, but the Steelers is a team that's definitely on the rise. It's unbelievable that these teams are three and four and they're still in the playoff picture. You know, I mean, even even this, even the Chargers, they still have they still have a legitimate shot. And the Steelers at four and three, I'm not so sold on the Steelers. I'm not sure if it's been Roethlisberger and these last last minute antics that he's been doing for years. Is that getting old for me, or is it that is it that they just they, I don't know. Right? They just don't have it. It's something that they don't have. The running game is almost non-existent, and I know I know they're waiting for their running back to come back. But they, the, it's just something about this Pittsburgh Steelers team. They're, uh, just, they're, they're running back. He, the running back came back. He's he has a, an Achilles injury now. But uh, I'll tell you, man, Wally Pitt might be around the corner because uh, Jonathan Dwyer. Uh, he, he's been running the ball really well lately. Uh, he kind of remind you of a young Jerome Bettis out there. And, uh, Big Ben has been playing some good football. Um, he looked good yesterday, and uh, I, they're going to benefit from the Ravens having a lot of injuries. I, I just don't think the Ravens defensively have enough to hold up. Yeah. Right now, Joe Flacco is going to have to prove that he's worth all his money he's seeking. And uh, other than that, I don't see any other team in the AFC that's going to make much noise. Uh, Cincinnati's a team that can. Uh, that can do some things. They're sitting at three and four, but all it take is a um, is a friendly schedule and a three or four game winning streak, and some of these teams will be sitting real pretty. Uh, it is the halfway point uh, when we when we finish the third quarter in four weeks. I'm sure this picture is going to change. Well, you know, I tell you, man, Peyton Man is sitting there at four and three. Just just having Peyton Manning and at the rate and the level that he's playing right now. It, man, it's a beautiful thing. He's playing some serious football. I mean, his accuracy is probably as good as it was before the in- injury. You know, he's never really had a real, real, real strong arm, but he's really putting the ball on the money, and he has a running attack with Willis McGahee that's really as, as good as any any in the league right now. He, he's always put it on the money. Uh, McGahee's doing a good job. Uh, He's making his wide receivers look good because, like you said, he's putting the ball on the money. Uh, Demarius Thomas has 39 catches for 679 yards, four touchdowns, averaging close to 18 yards um, a reception. And, uh, you know, that's what Peyton Manning does. He, he makes everyone around him better. The same guy who people said wouldn't, wouldn't be able to come back and play football. You talking about but, me? The, no, I'm you talking saying, about me? Not, not only you. Oh, uh, okay. It, it was uh, nationally. You know, he doesn't have the arm strength. The, the nerves are not functioning right but uh you know just a a, a great story you know uh, you know we're going to talk about that later when we uh talk about some of these w- awards but uh moving on to the AFC you know if the playoffs started today the, the, the yeah the NFC uh if the playoffs started today a team that uh that that I picked to lose this past weekend and uh they just smushed pie all in my face the Atlanta Falcons went into Philadelphia looked real good and uh made coach Andy Reid and Michael Vick's seat a, a, a lot hotter than it, than it was. And uh, they would be the number one seed. They're 7-0, the Atlanta Falcons playing well. The number two seed would be Lovey Smith and the Bears sitting at 6-1. And, one. and uh, 
I'll let you hit on the wild card team. Oh, hey, the, the, the wild card teams right now be the Packers, the Giants, the Vikings, and the 49ers. Now, I, I look at the Giants, the former Super Bowl, last year's Super Bowl champions, they're the team to beat. You know, I mean, Eli Manning is playing at, at, a, at a very, very, very high level. Victor Cruz just came out today and said, hey, the, the contract talks with the Giants are, are looking good. So we expect him to continue to play at the level he's playing. He's not going to be pouting like some of these guys that, I don't get a new contract. I'm not going to run hard. I don't see him doing that. I don't see Tom Coughlin letting something like that be a distraction for his team. And and, and you look at Hakeem Nix, who, who's been on and off with injuries, has not not had his best season, has not had his best game yet. So I, I look at him. I look at the, the Giants, the team to beat in um, in the in the NFC. Giants, Still. Giants to me definitely going to be tough. I, I I look for the Packers to 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 win their um win their division. Uh, I know they play the Bears again. Uh, the only loss on the Bears schedule was uh versus the Packers. I, I can easily see the Giants moving from that three seed to the two seed. I look the Packers to me they're starting to hit stride. Uh, they're gonna need a running a, a running game. You know they they've been hit there. Uh, another story that I'm looking at is uh. The Vikings sitting at five and three. Uh, just a great job by Coach Leslie Frazier. Uh, 49ers at five and two. Uh, the teams that are on the outside looking in, the Cardinals are at four and three. Seahawks four and four. Lions three and four. The Buccaneers three and four. Out of those four teams, the team that I can see making a push is the Seattle Seahawks. Pete Carroll's done a great job. Uh, a tough physical team. Uh, they're going to need the rookie quarterback to, uh, to, to, to play at a higher level. He's been doing a great job, but uh, he's going to have to make some throws. You know, they're going to have to quit being so conservative and, uh, and trust uh, Russell Wilson. Well, you know, the, the Arizona Cardinals, man, has been, a, has, has been a mysterious team. You know, Kevin Cobb looked horrible in the preseason. He plays very well in the regular season. He gets hurt. He's coming back this week. And if if the Arizona Cardinals can get back on a winning track, like you spoke about earlier, any of these teams win three games in a row, it's a totally different picture as far as playoff potential. Well, well I'll tell you what, they have a, a great opportunity tonight because they play the division leader, the 49ers, who are sitting at 5-2. and two. If Arizona beat them, they're in a tie for first place. And with the head-to-head, really they are in first place. So they go from being the number seven seed to being the number four seed. They'll switch places with the 49ers. So, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. There's a lot of football left uh, in this season. And like we said, this is just the midway point, and we're giving you a perspective on what will happen if the season ended today. And, uh, you know, also it is the halfway point. There's going to be a lot of talk about the um, – Who's the MVP? Who's the offensive player of the year? So we're, we're going to give you sports infos, take on the midseason awards and, uh, and it, who do you like right now as, as your MVP, uh, Daryl and Roland? Well, you know, um, I think the obvious choice might be Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, or even Peyton Manning. But I'm, I'm going to throw another one out there and it's a quarterback. He's a, his team is undefeated. The only undefeated team in the league right it's now. Is Ice in his nickname? And they call him. They call him Matty Ice. You know what I mean? Matt Ryan. I think he is my right now. He's my MVP. 
because his team is undefeated. He's held that team together. He's still a, a fairly young quarterback in this game, too. And, and, so Matty Ice is my MVP. And, and looking, at his, looking at his numbers, uh, he's completing close to 69% of his passes. He's got uh, over 2,100 yards passing, uh, 17 touchdowns, 16 interceptions, a 77.6 QBR rating, which is the, the new standard in uh, rating quarterbacks. Uh, you know, uh, a, a guy that I'm going to – throw in the mix. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, he's completing over 69% of his passes, 21 touchdowns, 4 interceptions, but to me, I'm so impressed with Peyton Manning and the job he's done. Uh, he's going to be a candidate for uh, MVP. Uh, he's gonna, also going to be a candidate for Comeback Player of the Year. He leads the NFL in uh, QBR rating. He's completing close to 69% of his passes, over 2,100 yards passing, 17 touchdowns and four interceptions, uh, 82.5 QBR rating, which is leading the league. Uh, has, has just done a great job of coming back, and he's, he definitely make the Denver Broncos uh, a better football team. And just imagine, they got Peyton Manning with no compensation. They didn't have to give up anything to get Peyton Manning. Well, believe it or not, I, I actually concur with Daryl. Uh, I've been watching Atlanta this year. I, the only undefeated team in the league right now. They're they're an exciting team. I, I overall, you know, um, I'd have to give it to to Maddie. I don't know if um, if anybody else will come up. But of course, I could just throw something into the works and say Tim Tim Tebow. <laughs> Is it Tim Tebow time now? Now that'll be that. That's another oh, question for later goodness, on. Yeah. But uh, my thing with Matt Ryan, I, I, he's having a tremendous season. You cannot take that away from him. He's yeah. beat everybody that's I on agree. the schedule. That's true. But uh, what happens when he drop a game or two? And then now, do you factor in the stats or more? Uh, do stats play more of a of a factor in it? But uh, Atlanta is so far ahead of their division that. It's going to be tough for them not to be a number one or number two seed. Uh, they're sitting seven and zero. They have a four-game lead over the, um, the Buccaneers and five over the Saints, who are pretty much eliminated out the race last year unless they go on a, um, a nine-game winning streak. The only other one that that I would consider in all this, uh, believe it or not, <laughs> is a defensive end. I I watch it. Huh? <laughs> no, Jason Pierre-Paul, PP. Oh, PP. <laughs> you know, um, 79 tackles, 21 sacks, one interception, four forced fumbles. Uh, he's it's a long shot. That's the only reason why. Are those his projected that. stats? Those yeah. have to be his those are, Yeah, they those are the predictions. <laughs> and uh, you know, he he's he's an outstanding guy, but uh I, it, it's going to be for defense. It, it's it's tough it for defense, tough. Uh, but the, to me, the guy, if you were saying defensive end, I would say J.J. Watt from the Texans. Uh, oh, okay. 34 tackles, yeah. nine and a half sacks, 10 pass defense. You know, they they even call him J.J. Swat because yeah. he knocked down so many passes. And uh, Clay Matthews is another guy. So uh, those those two guys are going to be my defensive player of the year uh, candidates. I know we skipped ahead. Yeah, we did. So, uh, so, so who do you like for defense player of the year? Oh, man, I, you know. I, I really like this guy, Jared Allen, man. I mean, he's he, he, he I think when you look at the Minnesota Vikings and what has really kind of held that team together, you know, you look at Percy Harvard. I don't think he's what's holding that team together. When you when you when you look at uh, at the at the quarterback, the kid from Florida State a couple years ago, I don't think he's holding that team together. But when you look at Jared Allen, 
This guy never stops. Never. He has a mode on him that's unbelievable. And I, I'm going to give my MVP to um, to Jared Allen, man. And and uh, you know I, I really feel that he'll be in the mix because almost like the Matt Ryan thing that they're going to look at the record and say the Falcons uh, did a great job when you're undefeated and you're a quarterback and you're playing well you're gonna you're gonna win most awards. In Allen's case, I think it's going to benefit him if he wins over Clay Matthews or J.J. Watt because a lot of people didn't expect the Vikings to have the level of success they're having so far. And for them to be off to a 5-3 and three start, he's definitely uh, in the mix, and he he's definitely played a big part in that. I'm not there with you. I talked about the, uh, the defensive end, just a, a player that I happen to uh, have some contact with, so that's the reason why I brought that up. Go ahead. All right, uh, moving along, the Offensive Player of the Year award. Oh, yeah, we're done. Offensive. Holy smokes, how can that happen? Uh, Daryl mentioned it earlier. Time flies when you're having fun. Oh, that's I'm over sure. here having a ball. Yeah. Who's your hey. offensive MVP? Uh, you know, uh, offensive MVP is normally the award that they don't give to the quarterback, so they'll give the quarterback the MVP. I, I like Victor Cruz. You mentioned he's not letting his contract be a distraction. All He's letting his play do his negotiating. 52 catches, 650 yards, seven touchdowns. You know, and for uh, those listeners out there in the Internet land, out there on our Voice America channel, this has been Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Uh, we're going to complete our show here live, but uh, thank you to the audience of Voice America. Oh, hey, I. Um, Offensive Player of the Year. Offensive Player of the Year. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to throw it out to Adrian Peterson, man. I, I, I know he might even be the NFL comeback player of the year, but wow, he's putting out some incredible numbers, and to come back from a knee injury like that and be so productive, unbelievable. He's leading the league in rushing. 151 carries, 775 yards, four touchdowns. And, uh, you know, we talked about the Lattimore injury and uh, guys being injured. Now, why is it that? Adrian Peterson can come back so fast and have the level of success he's having. But you're saying, you mentioned earlier, that Marcus Lattimore shouldn't have come back as quick as he did. Is it because Adrian Peterson's getting paid and Lattimore's trying to get paid? Oh, I can ask an easy question to answer. When The day you set foot in an NFL camp, it's like you go to work on a 9-to-5 job. When you go to college, it's like you go on a, it's a, it's a part-time job. So when 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 Adrian Peterson got hurt, they went to work on him right away, and they worked on him eight hours a day every day, ten hours a day in some cases. Lattimore only got maybe three or four hours of work. I so, guarantee you, Lattimore got just as much I, I work know, as No, he did uh, not, because Lattimore had to go to class. And he had the he just had, as good of doctors as He had some classes he had to take. Guys, that's going to end our show on the Voice America Network. We will see you next week. It's same always time, good, same guys. station. From Daytona Beach, Johnson wins, leads the points in the Sprint Cup championship. Hey, don't Jimmy Johnson always votes. win. Don't Jimmy Johnson always win. <laughs> Take care. Good night. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.